Welcome back everyone and welcome to this first episode of Beast Pod for the season 2016-2017. This was recorded by the three of us, me, Mem and Michael, the regulars, uh, in a pub tucked away around the back of King's Cross. And in this episode we discuss Barnett's upcoming fortunes for the season ahead and what we think will happen to the Mighty Bees over the next 46 games. Hope you enjoy the show. So welcome back to uh, Beast Pods. We're in a, a quite a well, Mem said it was quite a quiet pub. I can barely hear myself think, but um, I'll blame you for that. The, the words got out. <laughs> it's, it's grown overnight. There's bouncers on the door trying to stop people coming in to see us. They've all come and see the Beast Pod. Exactly, or to listen to it and, and, and see it in its glorious format. Anyway, so yeah, welcome back after the summer. Um, hope you've had a good one, and we're here today to look at a kind of a pre-season preview of the Bees this year. As you've heard already, we are joined uh, by Michael today. How are you today, Michael? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very, very well. And I'm joined by Mem as well. How are you, Mem? I'm very good, very good. Refreshed. Refreshed, that's excellent. He's already knocked over one chair, so we'll see how how many we get through by the end of the night. Um, We're going to start by looking at players gone. So, um, you know, as as we know, Graham Stack yesterday was confirmed to to be leaving the club. We lost Andy Yeardom uh, to Barnsley. Mark Randall's gone. Um, and then champion bat Mauro and Tomlinson are on that list who are probably going to be heading out at some point over the next few weeks. So, And Matty Stevens as well has gone to Peterborough. Michael, from that list, any that you're going to miss apart from Andy or are you feeling pretty confident that that's okay? Well, I, th- I think with, with the, the Jamie Stevens recuperation after his operation goalie cover you know it's, it's that's going to be the one I think that we need we need someone experienced to cover whether we can get a short term loan cover or something like that I don't know have they are they changing the loan rules this season I don't know do you know anything about that yeah I believe I actually believe that the, the loan rules have changed I'm not really that afraid with them to be honest um it's going to be a difficult one because we're going to have to rely on um, our uh, well, our last he- last year's youth team goalkeeper until Jay- Yeah, and this this could be a, a bit of a struggle right at the beginning of the season because um, it's, it was a really tricky situation because Jamie Stevens obviously is now is now the number one, and I I, I would hazard a guess that Graham Stack's um, contract offer sort of took into consideration he won't be the number one this season which is essentially why he's made made his move so but it's a difficult one because we're in a situation now where we could end up starting the season with our youth team goalie and what didn't something similar happen last season with that in wasn't it last season there was a bit of an issue over stacks fitness at the start of the season or there was something like that and we ended up actually locking out and getting stevens in but i mean i thought i thought he actually picked up a knock in that orient game he was definitely definitely struggling Possibly, yeah. I thought perhaps at fault for the first Orient goal. He, um, there was something there. there were, definitely, there wasn't something right with him during that game. So, but as a result of that, yeah, with with the way that things went, we ended up picking up Jamie, which was a bonus. But 
I don't know whether someone like Max Crokem, whether Oxford, whether if we're allowed to get a short-term cover. Alone, yeah. yeah, someone like, you know, he's from, he did really well when he came in from Oxford last season, whether we'd be able to get something, uh, some cover like that again, or whether there's an out-of-contract free agent. But the problem that you have is, is that um, if you have a free agent come in, then the worry is, is that he's going to, he's really, realistically, a free agent's going to want a full season deal. He's not going to want to come in for a month to cover for Jamie Stevens. He want, he'll want some guarantees. Now, the way I look at it is that potentially there might be a little bit of budget left. If we were going to offer stack a, a stack a contract for the whole season, then that suggests there's budget there for a, a reasonably senior second choice goalkeeper. So potentially we could go and look in the free, you know, free agent. And goalkeepers, generally speaking, there are lots and lots of free agent goalkeepers. Well, yeah, I mean, by definition of there being 92 keepers in the top, you know, four divisions. Shane, Shane Gould's just left um, Chesham. I don't think, I don't know whether he's <laughs> You got never know. Never go back. Good old Shane Gould. But, but on, that, on that point about, about Saki uh, Mem, he, a lot of people have said, and some people said on Messi that he was not only a keeper, but he was also a really good uh, member of the support staff for Allen. He was a goalkeeping coach. I mean, do you think we perhaps not just lost an, a backup keeper, but also a really important member of staff? And, and do you feel in any way kind of disappointed that he's left? I am actually really disappointed. Um, I know for a fact that, they were, that Stacky alongside uh, John Nurse kept Luizma at the club. If it wasn't for them two um, getting, in, getting Tony Cleanfos on board, we wouldn't have had Luizma for our promotion season because Martin Allen was going to drop it, was going to release him. And I believe he was also going to release a couple of other players who turned out to be very influential in that season. Graham Stack was a huge part of that. He was a big, big... He was the, one, what the, the guy that went to Martin Allen and said, these guys, we just can't release these guys. Okay, And Martin Allen trusted his opinion. And players, I believe it was Mauro... Um, was one of the players that he was thinking of releasing so alongside Luisma so can you imagine our promotion season without Luisma and Mauro yeah it's, 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 it's interesting that I mean it, <laughs> it wouldn't have happened but um, on that you know Mauro's still here and we've also brought in a couple of new players um, four well two kind of big new players and then also a couple of people we managed to keep hold of we'll start with the two new ones um, Alex Nichols who's come in from Exeter um, and he's kind of a seasoned pro. He's, he's quite a talented pro. Played up in League One, uh, and also uh, Ryan Watson, who's a 23-year-old sort of attacking midfielder from Leicester City. Um, and I guess we're hoping that he'll end up a bit like Pearson in terms of the quality we've got from there. So, an attacking midfielder and a kind of creative-ish but hard-working winger, Michael. Is that what you were hoping from this window? Definitely areas that we would have, I think, towards the end of last season, some of the pod podcasts we were looking at where we would need to strengthen and attack uh, another another winger to complement Gambin. You know, have, whether we're going to play with two wingers, I don't quite know how Martin's going to play it this year. So that's an encouraging thing. Attacking midfielder, Randall didn't work out in the end and he's, he's moved on to pastures new. So we'll see how how Ryan Watson does, what what sort of what role he's going to be given, what how much 
start, you know, whether he's going to be in the starting lineup. I know he started against Gillingham. I, th I think he was started against Gillingham. So we'll see how that goes. And I know, I mean, Nichols scored. Yeah, he, he looked. I, I was at the game on Saturday. He looked quite handy, uh, Nichols. I mean, he's, he's quite wiry. So he's not a sort of typical Marsan and wide player. Who's you know, you're thinking someone. Um, uh, like Miles Weston, who's a kind of a big unit, runs up and down the wing, you know, skillful, but also an athlete. So it's an interesting signing. I mean, man, was anyone else or any other areas you think we need to strengthen that before it shuts? Well, it was interesting. I remember in the last pod we did, um, where uh, we discussed centre-backs. <laughs> is that the, the, the lost pod? That was the, the, the lost it's pod. It's coming out soon. <laughs> well, we talked about, um, yeah, end up on a B-side. To, it was a B-side pod. Um, it was, um, it was, we talked about the centre-backs, and it was interesting. We've given a contract to Nelson and Ngala, and we've got Dembele still there. I, I kind of feel that I'm not sure who our two first choice will be. It will definitely be Dembele plus one other, and I get the feeling that maybe Alan is what he's doing, is saying that between Nelson and Ngala, they've got it, the, the, pair, the, the partner to Dembele is all covered. With Cissé as being like, you know, the Which fourth. I think is reasonable. I think that's, I think that's for me, that, that is workable. I mean, Ngala is not, he gets a lot of flack. A bit like Stack got a lot of flack. But he's, he's not a bad centre-back. Like, you know, he's solid. He's experienced at this level. He's strong. He's a bit slow on the turn. But, you know, if, if he wasn't, he wouldn't be playing at this level. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking what, what, how I was going to respond to this. Um, I think the thing with Ingala and, and Nelson is I feel that Nelson has only got a finite amount of games in, in this season. He's 36 now, I think. Yeah. And he's, at the moment, he is, um, he is not going to do 46. He's not going to play 46 games. So it's going to mean that Bonds is going to have to be the, one of the main guys. And I just kind of feel that I think there probably could be better centre-backs out there. However, on, you know, to be fair to Martin Allen, we finished the season so strongly, I can see his think, th thinking that actually all I need to really do is tweak rather than really like having a right, yeah, yeah, right, full scale discovery construction. And to be honest, the signings we've done this summer, maybe slightly with uh, kind of the arm behind, tied behind our back a little bit by having several players that we want to get rid of. But on the flip side of that, we've brought in two players in, in key areas that we actually we did really need. And, and one of the other things that we've managed to do, it almost feels a bit like a new signing, Michael, is, is get Big John signed down to a, a three-year contract. I mean, that is, is that is. I mean, what before I before I ask you, because I'm quite curious about this. I mean, surely if you're Big John or you're Big John's agent or whatever, you know, you're sitting down, you're happy at Barnet, you're playing well, but you must be thinking I can give at least League One another crack at some point. So, although he's signed a three-year contract, I mean, do you think he's going to be here? In say, say he has another good season scoring 20 plus goals, can you see him here next season or the season after next? Imagine there'll be clubs very keen to sign him if he, if he repeats how he's performed the last two seasons. Yeah, we'll definitely have interest and the club, you know, provided the, if, it, if it was an offer that was that suited the club, 
they're not going to stand in his way. And I think he'd, he'd want to give, an, give, give League One another crack. But you never know. If, he, if he's performing well with a good, strong side around him, we might, it might be us who, you know, who are the team that he's playing for in League One. We'll, we'll come you on to that know, in a bit. I'm not <laughs> wanting to get too carried away with things, but... No, why not? It is a win-win situation for um, John Kinde because no doubt he's got pay rise. He's um, he's extended. He's now got the guarantee. He's got three years that he knows for the next three years. When you're a League Two player and somebody gives you a three-year contract, that is a huge weight off your mind because it's like, okay, you know what? I can relax now. I can go on and just play my football and not worry about financial things, financial problems. Um, so that's great for him personally, but for us it means that we can get a good transfer fee if he continues his form into this season. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like with John Akinde, even if John Akinde scores 15 goals a season and doesn't do as good as last year, he still will be a massive threat and he'll still be a massive uh, presence in our team. So I kind of feel like whatever way. Whatever, you know, even if John Akinde suddenly dries up with the goals, he still will contribute to the team. So he's still worth that three-year contract, in my opinion. So I think it's a win-win all round. Yeah, well, I think it's really good. I mean, it's definitely good news. Um, I, I just, I think, having seen a lot of good players leave in the past, I'm just wary of sort of saying, right, we can now build for the next three years around Big John. Um, because that's something that I, I don't think... I think if he has another good season, I, I just... And particularly the way in which he plays. I mean, like you said, he doesn't just score goals; he assists and he dominates the game. Like he, you know, he, even if he doesn't score, he'll generally tie up two centre backs from the opposition. And a lot of times last season, we won by the old goal. But having Big John up there always meant when that ball went long or we had to clear it, we had someone up there as a presence to stop the ball coming straight back at us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm optimistic. I'm just. You know, I, I was in tears when Darren Curry left, so I'm, <laughs> I'm still bitter about our I best players leaving. I was in tears leaving. when Luisma left. I still miss Luisma. I miss him. I, I, I teared up. I, I had tears welling up. And I can't recall many Barnet players that I've had. I've been that upset about them leaving. No, Luisma is definitely... When you think about Luisma, which I loved, and I know we're going massively off, off topic, but the thing I loved about Luisma is he... He pulled stuff out of the bag that, you know, he, he was literally just like a wild card. And if you ever met him, he was a really genuinely lovely guy. And he gen when he wrote that letter, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I genuinely had a lump in my throat when I read his letter saying goodbye. Because I knew that he meant every single word in that letter. He loved playing a barnet. Oh, he, was, he was amazing. I mean, but it was just, he was like your... I think it's partially his name. He was from Spain. He was like kind of a continental star. But he was just so elegant on the football. And there was a couple of times, actually, in, his, on the, in the promotion season, he was obviously excellent. But there were one or two day, games under the, the good parts of Davids where the football we were playing was on a different planet. I mean, we were absolutely boss teams, you know. And you'd have Davids, you'd have Luisma, you'd have Marsh Brown, all at their peak. It was, it was incredible to watch. Can you imagine a Kinde in that side? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what we were missing. Yeah, we were missing. And it's interesting that Jake Hyde has been uh, got released by York. Well, I mean, the thing about Jake Hyde is that he is a Barnet. He's a typical Barnet striker. You know, he doesn't score many goals, all right. And he works hard. He holds up the ball a bit. He gets five or five to ten goals a season. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't rate him. I, I see him 
I've seen him in the conference mainly. Conference, conference south. The rest of his career, I can't see him. I think I think it puts into perspective how good Akinde's been for us, though. Because if you look back, if I look back the last ten years, can you name me one other striker that that has scored over twenty goals? Yeah, but I think Eisenhower didn't offer the same threat that um, no, Akinde did. Eisenhower was a goal poacher. And, and, and in a lot of cases, like the, a lot of the, the plays to break ra- break down around Isle, and the amount and the amount of goals that um, that uh, Ricky Holmes would have scored if Isle just slipped him in and didn't try and shoot from a stupid angle. I, oh, I, I mean, I, he I love Ricky one Holmes. Hell of a, he is one. He is one hell of a player. And he was he was brilliant for us, and he was in such a bad team that was managed by uh, Stimson. That that team was so bad. He had Anwar Uddin, who I actually met. A few weeks ago, well, I had to, you know, he's, he's doing something in schools, and um, yeah, you, you, that was a terrible. T- Glenn Southern, Anwar Uddin, um, who else is there in that? It was just a awful, a really awful, awful, awful team. And Ricky Holmes was just the one player. But he played. But I remember. I just remember. I've got all these visions and memories of. The amount of times the ball would come to Isaac McLeod in certain areas, Ricky would bust the gut to get up to him. Really bust the gut. And then Isaac would try and shoot from a stupid angle, score a tap in 10 minutes later, and everyone would be like singing Isaac's name. And you think to yourself, poor old Ricky, he would score far more goals if Isaac could actually pass the ball. Well, we're lucky we don't have that dilemma now. Because Big like, John is, is this team assisting. Right now is much, much better than that. That, than that balance. That era of five years where we were struggling every year, this team is much better. I genuinely am really, really confident. And I was confident at the end of last season. I really like the young players. I think Martin Allen is tweaking the team now. And I think I'm really... I, re- I am I'm genuinely confident about the season. Well, we're going to get on to our predictions in a sec. But before we do... I want to just touch on a, a few things off the pitch because, like you said, you're excited about what's going on on the pitch with the players and the youth development. But off the pitch, a lot of things are happening as well. And um, that new stand, Michael, looks looks fantastic. Brilliant! It looks brilliant. Yeah, we were looking at the um, the latest photos and the seats being bolted in. It's it's really looking the part. And do you think that will make quite a big difference to the atmosphere this season? Or I'm just trying to imagine it because it's, it's quite a serious stand behind the goal. Well, I mean, obviously, if it's a, a team with a, a club with a big following, especially after the Luton games, I don't know who else. Portsmouth, Plymouth, have a big London. It's a shame we've Blackpool. lost Bristol Rovers because they would have filled up. Blackpool might. You don't know how they're going. Although oh, they'll, 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 they'll bring five hundred. They'll bring they'll bring a decent lot, but then I suppose it depends on how they're doing with. Um, and all of that, the fallout from that. Apart from that, there aren't that many big, because we've lost a lot of southern stalwarts. I mean, I think like, um, you know, Grimsby, Grimsby will bring, you know, a thousand or so. Colchester will probably bring, Stevenage will bring a few. Stevenage don't really bring that much. Um, it's true, Stevenage, they don't really bring a lot of people. They get, they get big crowds <laughs> at home, but they don't really bring a lot. Yeah. We're gonna miss. We're gonna. I mean, the club is gonna have to cut their cloth you know, this season because Bristol Rovers have now gone up, you know, and that big game every season. Yeah, exactly. And that that that, that, that you know that forty thousand capacity, you know, capacity game is gonna have to, we're gonna have to do with that now. Maybe we'll have to rename the the North Stand the missing Bristol Rovers. Yeah, you know the one nil, the one nil appreciation uh, stand. And um, all right, well, it's that time. We're gonna. We're going to look at some uh, preview questions for the year. So what we've done is we've got five questions 
that we're going to ask and go through. Um, and what we'll do is we'll go around. So we'll start with you on this one, Mem, which is the game you're most looking forward to next season. I would say the first home game. Always looking forward to the home game. Uh, you know, I haven't taken against Accrington. Accrington. No, I just I like I like I like the first game, first few games of the season because the weather's nice. We generally play nice, nice football when the pitches are nice. Weather's not as um, you know we don't have we don't have the gale force winds. And actually, a point actually I had to make about the the, the new stand is stop that wind. It might stop that wind cutting across because one thing I've noticed about the hive. It's like gale force down there. <laughs> it's like do you remember? Do you know you know that um, you know that pitch the Faroe Islands has right next to the sea. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that with when when you see the ball blowing around all the time. So I think that stand might actually really help with that with the wind. So the first game of the season that's always my favourite. Michael. Well, so, so, talking with the, the new stand in mind. Again, with a, with a good away support turnout, Luton, Portsmouth, those sorts of games, they're going to be good games. Maybe when we draw Arsenal at the Emirates, you know, go, go and... You know, we, are, we know what, we're true, we're true a big draw, I tell you now, because the last big one we had was United, right, wasn't it? The last premiership team we had. That was devastating. <laughs> Ross yeah. Bentley, did, you, did you go? Yeah, of course. I was... Sorry. Yeah, Dirty Leeds the following season wasn't quite the same. Did you, did you go to the Man U game? Yes. How devastating was it Was it when Flitney just got sent off like, really early? <laughs> the, the worst thing was when they, they scored the free kick immediately after. Yeah. I was just like, oh, just my God. Knew, you just knew it was going to happen. Oh, we did score. We did score. And, and we, we saw, saw, we saw, another one. We oh, saw a young Gerard Piquet. I, ce I celebrated like we'd won the World Cup. But when they, when Dean, I think Dean Sinclair oh, scored know. the goal. I was also there. I don't know if you were there. I was also there when we beat Cardiff away in the cup. Oh, that, was that 2-0? And Trezor Candle. When our Trezor Candle. That was quality. Was it? Yeah, we, we, drew, we drew a nice draw where you can go and do a giant cleaning. I, I, I'd like, you know, you know who I'd like? I'd like someone like West Ham. Or, you know, a London, a London, yeah, that'd be amazing, like a London club. In the, it's the second round of the Carling Cup they come in. I mean, I don't think we'll get past Norwood. Um, we beat him last year. Yeah, but, you know, there We were quality. That was an amazing performance. Were you there as well? I was there at Bill. It was a brilliant performance. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to go for my game to look forward to. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go for Portsmouth away. And... Not because of the... I mean, I, I think it's great when we play away against big sides, but the way that this team is set up is that it, we do well against sides that attack us, and we, we can defend. We can defend for 90 minutes, no problem. And I could just... I would love it to win. I, mean, I was there in the Carling Cup a few years ago, but I'd love us to go there. I can just see it being a 1-0, a sort of 60th-minute goal for us, uh, and kind of gradually eking out the victory against another big club. So, uh, And it's in, it's in September as well, so I'll try and drive down to that one and get on that. So, our three uh, games to look forward to. All right, next one, the most important one, league position. Michael, let's start with you. A cheeky seventh. <laughs> I think every single club outside of the biggest ten in the league is going for seventh. <laughs> That's their prediction. Okay, on, on, you reckon for seventh? A cheeky, a cheeky seventh, or I'll just be happy if we're flirting with the playoffs. You know, I was actually going to say seventh as well. Oh, <laughs> that was I was again, like you said, everybody wants to get just just get in the playoffs, just somehow. No one's saying eighth. <laughs> no, no. Why would you say eighth? Because it's like eighth is like, oh my god, it's so close. 
So seventh is. I remember us. I think it was when we, we finished eighth when we beat Fulham the last day of the season about 20 years ago, and they were all taking the Mickey out of us because results hadn't gone our way, so we weren't in the playoffs. So no, I don't want to eat. No, no, no. no. I, actually, to be honest, look, look at uh, look, the way we. Did you see that? Was it my bet or whatever? They did this thing, this whole article about where they thought teams would finish, and the guy went on there, and it really got my, it really got my. Like wound me up because it was like the guy went, yeah, the Barnet were a bit lucky to come in fifteenth, um, and you know um, they had they had a final you know like last twenty games they only lost five games, um, but they were lucky to come into fifteenth, and I'm like, what? How how is it possible to lose like you know literally lose only four get five games out of twenty? And then be lucky to be finished 15th. I thought the way we finished the season, and I thought the players that we're bringing through now, I genuinely feel that we have now have got a really good group of players that could really push on. And if, if things go right for us this season, I genuinely think we could get in the playoffs. I, so you're going seventh as well? Yeah, I'm seventh. I, seventh, I'd say conservatively. Uh, I want I, us to go I'm for I'm a it. little bit more pessimistic slash realistic depending on your on your <laughs> particular inclinations I, I think we are um, I think we're a little bit short of a seventh position I mean there are a lot of good teams in that league and a lot of big teams in that league as well who have got resources to invest we we are a good set of team a good set of players but we've got to remember we relied a lot on Akinde last year we relied a lot on Yeardham last year and a lot on Stevens last year and I think particularly an injury to Akinde, you remember that period in January where we, we didn't have him and we had Bat up front, which will be option, you know, I'm still waiting for him to score, but that'll be our option this year. I think at the back we're not quite strong enough and I think we're just lacking a bit of depth. So I'm going to go, I reckon we'll do all right. I reckon we're going to finish 12th, which will still be a good season, but I just, I don't think we're going to have that that consistency actually I, I do uh, in, in all seriousness I want to be really really positive and I, I, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to say seven however I do I do accept your point and I do agree with you that we need to find goals from away from John Akinde what was it what, what, what I, did, I did something on the for, on the Barnet Forum about seasons ago and what I said was is that if you think that a team that gets promoted needs to score X amount of goals how does that break down so bearing in mind, if, we, if we're expecting that Kinde to score 20 to 25 goals a season, how many, we need probably, I think I can't remember, I think I picked it out, about 70 goals needs to be scored. How are we going to make up them 70 goals within the team? And I kind of feel like that, that Martin Allen has actually, take, has kind of in his, in his own mind, has, has taken that approach. Because Alex uh, Nichols is a goal-scoring midfield player. I think Gash will get about 10 goals a season. <laughs> I think that Nichols could feasibly score 10 well, goals. Gambin's a big one for us. I mean, Gambin, he, that's, that's all he's got to do. Because he, I mean, he is, you know, aside from McKinley, our best player, I think. He's, he's becoming a lot more consistent towards the end of last season. And if he adds 10, 15 goals to his game, his, 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 his game he can do it. But that takes us on to our, our next question. And I'm going to take Akinde out of this one because obviously, you know, he's the answer to this question if we're, if we're being honest. But who do you think will be our top scorer apart from John Akinde? Man. This is a tough question, actually, because at the moment, when I look at the rest of the team, nobody is really a big goal scorer. I'd like to, I'm hoping that it'll be Alex Nicol. 
Yeah. Uh, he's been brought in um, to score goals from midfield. Michael? I'll go with Gashi. I reckon Gashi will get a few. He chips in now and again, you know, he can... Fits and starts, he tends to get maybe a couple in a game. You know, so it tends to be like that rather than it being one week, one another week and like that. But I suppose we've got at, whether at, at broken ship in some. Do you know, do you not think though, that is the thing, this, this, this season, if we want to really step up, Gash, Gash needs to go from being 8 to 10, he needs to be going from 8 to 10 goals a season. 15 and upwards. He needs to go 15. I mean, I like Ash a lot, but he hasn't got the quality. He's not a 15 a goal season striker. At he scored more goals last season than I think he scored in a long time, though. And he was out injured for a long time. Yeah, I, I just, oh, I don't know, mate. I, I like that. And also, I can see Alan playing one up front, which obviously I can see definitely in, the, in a, a lot of games next season. You can see, you know, you have either Togwell, Gambin and Nichols, Watson, Big John, and then uh, Curtis. Uh, and Togwell or someone else in that holding midfield slot. But I'm going to go for a bit of a dark horse on this one. I think Curtis Weston is going to be our second top goal scorer. I think, and partially based on that, I can see Alan playing two deep line midfielders and putting Curtis in that number 10 position where he scored a few towards the end of last season. And also, I've just got a sense that Curtis Weston, who's coming in for a bit of stick recently, I think he is at that time in his career where he can, and I know... Mem isn't necessarily the biggest fan of, uh, of Curtis. I reckon this could be quite a big year for him because he's, um, you know, he could be club captain. You know, he could be driving quite a few things forwards. He's a fit. He's an agile player. He's a workhorse. And I think if he gets put in that number ten role at points throughout the season, I think he he can he can score about ten or so a season. Um, so I, I like Curtis. I mean, I, I you know I really like him, but I don't. Know. I, don't I don't I don't have an issue with Curtis. I just feel I just feel that. In a certain, I think Curtis plays better when he has two guys in midfield behind him. And if we go for that and he plays in the number 10 role, then, then he will score goals because he did score goals in our conference winning season. So, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just I think that Alan likes to have two strikers, though. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I would love it if Gashi got another 15 goals this season. but He needs to. He'll need to get 15. For us to step up one level, for us to go up into that into that group of teams, Gashi's going to need to score 15 goals. Okay, two to go. Our dark horse. So what player is going to appear out of nowhere? Could it be Sean Back? Could it be Ben Tomlinson? <laughs> Could it be any of those players? Man, what do you think? Are we got... Um, well, I actually think, I mean... Depends. Are we going for a young player or a player that's already... We'll do a dark horse, so a player that's going to kind of come through, or a, boat, a breakthrough player, and then we'll do a, a youngster's pick after that. Okay. So. so breakthrough, I, I actually think this year Gambin will be the, will be the, the, the go-to player. I, I've seen enough of Gambin in the last two seasons to think that he's now going to break through and he will be our punching. Oh, that's a big shout. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I genuinely believe that Gambin's got the technique to play at a really high level. I think that, and, and what's happened now is he seems to have built, he's brought into his game a bit more consistency. And I think that he's become, um, I think, I think, he's, I think he, he genuinely feels that he's, he's, he's a regular now, rather than a, rather than a sort of a, a kind of a squad player. I think he feels 
like he's belongs in that area and I think that confidence is really like just we'll step up another level this year I'm really confident with him all right Michael it's a hard one I know it's a hard one because there's quite a small core of of the players rather than the youngsters. I suppose a young a young player at the younger end of the spectrum, but he's been a first teamer for a few seasons. I reckon Elliot will kick on this year. I'd like I think I think he'll he'll, he'll do he'll do, deliver more. He's consistent, he is incredibly good, but I think yeah, this season he will I'm actually surprised that Elliot hasn't that some another club hasn't taken a punt on him. He's been in our team now for three years now, four years. He hasn't looked out of place. He's been solid as anything. I can't understand why a bigger club hasn't come in for him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a very consistent player. And actually, he's one of those players that always is under the radar. He's very humble. He's very, you know, he's never sort of, you know, in, in uh, big tackles or, you know, any sort of controversy. So, yeah, I can see that. I'm, I'm actually going to go for the player on the other side of the pitch from Elliot John. I'm going to go for James Pearson. From what I saw of him last season, he looks like a cracking find. Uh, and we're very lucky that he went on that tour to Thailand because I think that's the only way we would have got him. Because um, he is, you know, he's quick. His delivery on the run is fantastic. And he looks to me a bit like Andy Yeardham looked sort of two or three years ago in terms of a lot of raw natural attributes and just needs a bit of kind of polishing up. So, yeah, I think James Pearson, and actually with Elliot, I think James Pearson will do really, really well for us this season. I like him a lot. I think he's a good player. Um, lastly then... I mean, we talked about the young players in the missing pod. But, um, we, uh, and we were all at the Crawley game, which I'm, I will put in some footage of the Crawley game at some point. <laughs> I'll intersperse over the next year. But we were just blown away by that performance from some of the young players. Um, you know, if you weren't there, just remember a couple of them. So you had, you know, Nana Kiai, who I thought was fantastic. Um, you had Day, who came on at fullback. Um, you've obviously got um, Harry Taylor, who, who was, seems to be playing quite a big part in uh, Martin Allen's plans. Um, Cizé as well so players who have got a bit coming a bit later into the club and a bunch of other ones as well um, Michael you're first in this one what young players do you think we need to watch out for this year I think Harry Taylor will, I think just you know okay um, Pearson's had a bit of a he's been carrying a bit of a knock so Harry Taylor's been filling in at right back I think he'll 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 do well this season he'll be he'll be a regular the bench or maybe just covering for some of the games I think he'll step up man what do you think I agree with Michael I'm, I'm, I'm hugely I'm hugely impressed with Harry Taylor I, I, I described him as I feel like he's like he's, he could be like a, a Patrick Vieira type player for us I really I think the, the thing I like about Harry Taylor is aside from this he's, he's already he's, he's 19 but he's already about six foot two six foot three covers a lot of ground the key the thing I love about I really like about Harry Taylor is his quality on the ball. Some of the passes I've seen him do in the, in the, in the, the performances he's played, where he's made real brilliant through balls, really like, really amazing, like, you know, cutting, cutting through passes that open teams up. And it's like, so he's got a bit of everything for me. He's got the presence, he's got quality on the ball, he can cover a couple of positions. I genuinely can see him sitting next to Tom Togwell and dominating midfield as he gets older. If it's not, if not him, I think I really like Nana Kiai. I think he's a good little. I think he's a good player, and I think that right hand side. Although we've got Nichols come in, I think I think it's to play for. Um, okay, I mean, I, I yeah, I like Harry a lot. 
Um, I think he's a good, very solid player. I think he'll need. He's still a bit rough around the edges. He'll need a bit of time. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I was gonna go for Sean. No, I wasn't going for Sean, but um, I, I'm gonna go for um, for Maya Shomerton, who I think is a really cracking little player. Uh, a diamond in the rough. He's one of those players. Actually, you could see kind of. Under Allen, he's a bit, maybe a bit too small. You can see him kind of being let go, and then he'll, you'll find him sort of a few years later up in the championship in that sort of number 10 position. But like you said, I think there's a bit of an opening up there just behind the striker um, in either that number 10 or that number or on that right-hand side, or depending on where Gambin obviously starts in, because you could see potentially Gambin playing in between the lines and not perhaps going out wide. But I think Shomerton, he scored that great goal against Hartlepool last year. He's very rough and raw around the edges, but... I think there's really something about him. Um, and he's definitely, with 20 minutes to go, if you're 1-0 down or it's 0-0 and you need a goal, he is the, the person I would turn to in our squad, apart from maybe Luke, uh, to come on and get it. So I, I, it's optimistic, though. We got, we, we got more than... Uh, do you remember a few years ago, it used to be that guy, Danny, was it Danny Hart, he used to be the, <laughs> the perennial youngster. Um, fantastic. So um, we're going to sign off. But before we do, we're going to look a little bit quickly at our, our first game of the season. Uh, it's what two weeks ago now? I think so. Yeah, yeah. just just under two weeks. Just under two weeks away. Sixth of August, isn't it? Um, away at Cambridge. Um, are you going to be there either of you? I will try my best. Negotiations needed. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, are you going to be there? I might be in the same boat, but I'd, I'd, I'd like I'd like to think I'll make a good. Hi everyone, it's Ian here. Sorry for the abrupt end to the show. Something happened to our recording equipment which meant it went a bit fuzzy towards the end. Uh, you didn't miss much, just the last minute or so of us making our predictions for the first game of the season. Uh, Michael and Mem, in keeping with their optimistic view of 2016-2017, went for an away win and I thought we'd get a 1-1 draw at the Abbey Stadium away at Cambridge on Saturday. Uh, but nevertheless, we're going to be here throughout the whole season uh, with episodes and previews and reviews. Uh, if you've got any ideas, any suggestions, as usual, get in touch. Uh, and fingers crossed, we get off to a great start away at Cambridge. Hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now.